0: Yes, we are back. Welcome to that Davis show. I am Kenneth Davis. Follow me at that's Davis. And of course, executive producer of that Davis and flipping friends is Ryan and Basically, follow him at Ryan B ski or in Ryan B ski one. Uh, We got a lot to dive into today. The off tops ones. I won't say it's sad, but it was like, dang, when you saw it. And then another one was like, brother, you better get on the giddy up. Uh, so definitely that'd be entertaining. Uh, we got a lot of basketball to talk about with these NBA playoffs and everything that's been taking place, the shakeups, the blowouts. Um, we definitely have some football with OTAs, uh, taking place at Hallis Hall. There was a presser today, Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton, Jermaine Orfetti, and David Montgomery all talked at the presser. Uh, we got a lot of baseball. Both teams are number one in their divisions. Um, so we, we got a lot to jump, jump on and, and talk about, and it feels like it's been a second. So let's dive straight into it, and let's go off top. Off, huh? off the tippy! They're taking it from the top. The tippy. Oh, my people. Coach K, uh, Weber's Chicago's very own Mike Szczeski, is uh, stepping away after this upcoming season uh, from college basketball uh, with five championships just behind John Wooden. Another Chicago resident, I guess, is this why? Uh, John Shire, uh, former Duke player and elite recruiter, I believe, uh, seems to be next up. They said they talked about Tommy Amaker and a couple other guys. Amaker, I believe, is at Harvard now. Um, but, uh, yeah, Coach K, when I saw that, I said, whoa, uh i i wasn't expecting that even though i've been thinking about it and it's it, i had it had been on my mind i have to admit recently like man i wonder when coach k is going to pull away with his age i didn't see it happening after next season um but you know what? maybe he has a lot of life that he wants to live away from just basketball we know he no longer does team usa uh but yeah that was a big one life's going to be different without coach k like He's basically he's basically been a Duke my entire life. You know what I'm saying? And like, Duke has played. If you're a fan, if you're not, I I know this is like this is like someone talking about. Uh, I like the Cubs and the Sox. I like Duke and North Carolina. I love North Carolina because twenty three. Uh, but I love Duke because Coach Case is Chicago dude. Um, so I always kind of like Duke too. I, I liked how he revamped himself, even though sometimes it definitely comes off as a bit pompous. Uh, But looking at someone who didn't like the one-and-dones, to someone who used it for his benefit, uh, but you still gotta admire the fact that he got it done. Uh, But now, and it's funny, now the kids, what we think in the future are gonna have to stay in college at least two to three years, you would think, for someone who didn't enjoy the one-and-dones, that Coach K would look at that as a chance to get back to what he really enjoys. But again, uh, with his being in his, his 70s, Coach K decides to to step away. Now we got basically is is Jim Beheim because like you look at Roy stepped away. Like all the coaches that you you you're used to growing up are retiring. Uh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And this is the NBA when Pop retires. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's just like, man, who are these coaches? I don't know these. It's so unfair. Then we'll talk about it later. You got these coaches who stuck it out. All right. And one of their programs. But a coach at a, a mid majors getting promoted they got a job in the NBA now is getting bumped up into the front office and hasn't done enough. But that's that's on a whole nother note. I'll, say, I'll sell to talk later on. Um, but, yeah, um, it's it's kind of uh, bittersweet uh, having someone who is a legendary coach and has coached throughout your lifetime and you've enjoyed the players that have, have come through his program. Um, to now, uh, say that he's stepping away. I wasn't expecting seeing see that today. What, what were your, well, how did you feel Ryan when you saw that coach K was stepping down after this upcoming season?
1: Um, I, you know, I like the Chicago connection. I kind of was texting you like, this is all just whatever to me. And I, I get it. He's a legend and we should give him some time and talk about, him. but just personally, just, this is just me talking on the right side of the screen or your left. Uh, College basketball, when it's already college basketball, and I I don't really even like how it's set up because I don't think eighteen year olds should be forced to go into the NBA mm. and just some of those. Things, you mean to go go to like, college should be forced not forced to go to college? Oh yes, not be forced to go to college, then be allowed to go to the NBA if they can, and a lot of them certainly can go into the NBA right away, and they're forced to go through this one and done. Oh. It, it's gonna stink, I think, a little bit to lose, you know, that cornerstone, that nostalgia of college basketball, because certainly Duke and Coach K are that. And I I just kept honestly thinking about Shire. Like, I just remember, I think I was in high school, just reading his Mr. Illinois, Mr. Illinois basketball that year, and then how he was committed to Duke and all that stuff. I remember just kind of watching him because he was from, I believe, the uh, like a surrounding area of where I grew Mm. up so it wasn't like he was in a random part of the state that I had no connection with whatsoever. And just to hear that he's, you know, the guy I really love our guy, Brandon Pope's little tweet where he was talking about, uh, in a few years, watch as that old, uh, Mid-major coach you were just referencing in Boston, maybe potentially coming down for the head coaching job, but it sounds like Shire is going to be the heir apparent from everything we're hearing. Uh, That's going to be quite the responsibility. And I, I just wonder how college basketball might change a little bit, because I think sometimes, you know, like North Carolina. They're still North Carolina, but they've had a dip ever since they lost some of their big time coaches, and that allowed other programs to kind of raise up. And I wonder, with Duke's dip, does that mean other programs kind of start gaining up or something like that?
0: Oh uh, well, actually, this is a funny thing. Now, under Roy Williams, North Carolina is actually championship wise was more successful than they won under Dean Smith because well, Roy won three, right? I think Dean only won two. Um, they beat Michigan and the one that Jordan won with the shot. Uh, the one Chris Webber took the timeout when John Lynch was uh, on that team. Um, but but this is the thing, and you kind of alluded to it this this point. Um, the being the guy that follows the guy usually doesn't work. Um, the same thing happened with Dean after Dean Smith left, and was it Gunther Cunningham, I believe, was the coach after him, the assistant that got promoted. Um, and then you look at this, and and you look at how long it took to finally. Dean Smith had to call Roy Williams and told him it's time to come home. And that's when he left Kansas, Kansas and came back to UNC. Um, I'm worried now that what happens when you have uh, Hubert Davis and I'm not saying that he, he won't keep Duke at the level that it's at right now. Uh, but you have him coming in after Roy Williams and John Shire. Uh, we assume coming in after after Coach K, having those two blue bloods down at the same time. Because usually, while one was going through something, the other one was a top top five team. So it's gonna be it's gonna be weird on Tobacco Road to have both programs at this at this phase. Because even through even though Duke, I mean North Carolina went through coaching changes, Duke didn't. At all through this period, uh, so that's where being a, a fan of of ACC basketball at times, I don't. I'm concerned. Um, and 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 again, now if he, if if Brad Stevenson's up down there um, in a few seasons, and he can recapture what he had at Butler, but do it on a grander scheme, I'll be pleased with that. Even though bump Brad Stevens right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Why? <laughs> I can't wait to hear this because I thought it would be bump Danny Ainge. No, I mean no. We'll we, I mean, no, we'll we'll save this one. <laughs> we got one more we got one more off top. All right. So let's kick it to the next off top. Off top. Off top? All right. I know Anthony Davis is hurt. And Dennis Schroeder with the goose egg, but who really believes in Dennis Schroeder being dependable? <laughs> people don't give me all this Dennis Schroeder. He Dennis Schroeder refused $80 million. You should have never offered Dennis Schroeder eighty. 80- when they offered him $80 million, I was like, you're gonna regret that. Like, if you really think Dennis Schroeder is the third of your big three consistently. You didn't watch no Atlanta basketball over the last decade. I know he played well uh, for the Thunder, but he, come on now. When you're talking about a big three or you're trying to get a big three, then Stroder needs to be your uh, Lou Williams, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's Isn't kind of the what one. he really is. Like he's not a three. He's just, you'll take what he can get if you got two yeah. dominant two. Exactly. I'm, I'm, but people are using him, are using him to cover for LBJ. Listen. I love LeBron James. But let's let let us let's, let's call it how we see it. You cannot be one of the greatest players and don't hit me with well, he's not a scorer. Dad mother scores, all right? <laughs> like don't don't run that right now. You cannot sit there and, and 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 be a game away from elimination and only put up 24 points, 7 assists and 5 rebounds and only take 19 shots. Especially for someone who's improved his three-point shooting uh, at, towards the latter end of his career like even if we could say man LeBron being lazy he not going to the hole You, you, at one point you just have to take the ball over and do work and let's not act like we haven't seen him do it at times but still be a LeBron player who makes sometimes the, the good play but I'm I'm getting minds alright like we saw that in Cleveland when Kyrie would be hot as you know what and LeBron would come down there and do a heat check he'd be like LeBron wait you wasn't even hot why are you doing a heat check during, during Kyrie's run right like, I'm gonna I'm, I'm get some of this too. So, and he, I'm catching it. I'm saying, you, no, nah, listen, I, I would say this for any player that I like in general. Dog, you can't go out like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't. And I know he's hurt. I know LeBron is not the same with the high ankle sprain. But he, this last couple of games, his explosiveness is, is better than what it was. I won't say that it's back to where it was. But it's definitely better than what it was the first game in this series where he had no lift whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? He was layup James at the beginning of the series. Now he's back to putting some yaks and some yaks and some yaks. Dude, you either got to get in the post and do your dizzle or you got to sit there and you got to, you got to attack from the outside, but that 19 shots was not enough. You basically folded. it. Let's just be honest with you. Folded it up. You was like, you, whatever is gone. I'm not going to go for it. Uh, now, listen, if you sit there and you take this series, whatever, but if you lose, it's still like, come on, man, you, you're greater than this. You know what I'm saying? So, I get it. You, you're down, but at, at certain points, you got to show why you're one of the greatest to ever do it. If not, so some people will say the greatest. Because and he's not that type of player. Nah, this dude scores. Let's. He's he's definitely a playmaker. Well, I'm I'm a, but let's not act like he's not a scorer too. And this was a time for him to put on the scoring hat and go to work. Even if he failed, you got to go out shooting. You know what I like about that, like. Yes. LeBron is not a scorer
1: and anybody that comes with that. I would say, what do we praise LeBron? Most of all, it's his mental acumen at basketball. You knew going into that game, you needed superstar LeBron to have any chance to win that game. And when he didn't really want to drive to the hole and when he's not really shooting and a bunch of other guys, even if it's Dennis Schroeder, who's given you nothing like you got to you got to bring it exactly like what you're saying. It is time for or at least in that game and especially moving forward, you need superstar LeBron all the rest of the way. Otherwise, your season's done unless somehow AD comes back
0: for some kind of reason and is effective. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has to come back, but to your point, dog, you 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 LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to snap. It's just it, it, again, snap and fail. We, I, I don't care if you went nine for 29 instead of nine for 19. But the fact that you went for it, like if he snaps and fails, we're, we're making excuses. And I'm not saying they're the legitimate excuses, but we're like, man, we know LeBron isn't uh, healthy right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. he couldn't, get you up. Know, you know, ad's ad's not out there. We'd be putting it on. Den- I would easily say Dennis Schroeder needed to do more um, if LeBron had filled up the level that he needed to fill up. And then you add that Schroeder nicety on top of that, right? But LeBron didn't fill up his level. So even though Dennis Schroeder failed, it's not as important as the stud. And Frank Vogel, of course, didn't do a great job when it comes to coaching. But listen, even when people use that, and again, if we're talking about defensive schemes, cool. LeBron James has basically said he, he's the coach half the damn time anyway. All right, like so. Outside of the 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 Montrez Harrell situation about substitutions, now I don't know about the, the control he may have the substitutions, but the point on the on the court, LeBron's gonna do what he really wants to do regardless. All right, he's the point. So that's where it's just like again, this doesn't. I'm not dissing his career. This doesn't change his greatness. But it's like, dude, you gotta come harder than that. And it's okay to say that. For instance, I like LeBron James, but. He, he didn't step up to this game. It doesn't change his career. I'm just stating facts.
1: You know how sensitive they get, though. You're coming oh,
0: after well. our guy. Oh, well, get over it. Get over it. I mean,
1: you're completely right. If they're going to beat the Suns, superstar LeBron better be wearing the cape the rest of the way.
0: Dude, you don't even got 100% Chris Paul out
1: here. Like Charlie out here with one wing right. basically. Every other it, time I flip the
0: channel, he's like grabbing his shoulder and running to the the bench. So like come on now. I I, I get it, but you we got we got DeAndre Aiden who's playing kind of like the player that we thought he was coming out of Arizona, and you got Booker going mad, right? But you you should be able to fit that bit. That's like this isn't him taking on like Dane or like Utah, you know what I'm saying, or Denver. You know, and I'm not dissing. Phoenix and saying that Phoenix can't go further. And, and I even say, now, if you had totally sound Chris Paul, then I'm all the way with you. But you, when you got hurt Chris Paul and he seemed like he re-injured his shoulder last night, dog, you, that that matchup, you should be able to step up to that matchup, man. That These aren't th- th- a juggernaut. And you know, I know they had a terrific record this season. It's not, you didn't run into a, a buzzsaw. This, this is doable. You know what I'm saying? Especially with the great attributes that you've been blessed with.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were talking Lakers for sure winning after game three or after I'm sorry, was it game four when they took the no, no game three where they took a two one lead. We were all saying game over series over Lakers win and AD gets hurt like you're the buzzsaw. You're the juggernaut, not the Phoenix Suns. I get it. Losing AD, that's tough, but man, like it's all about superstar talent in the playoffs. We know that and you got to have superstar LeBron
0: period end of story. You have to. You have to. But while we're still talking basketball, uh, let's switch off and talk about some of these playoffs, man. Um, They've they've definitely been exciting or sometimes frustrating. You look at what happened with um, you look at what happened with Joel Embiid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, 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 that is that, frustrating. A, a slightly torn meniscus that came out and said today, be day to day to trying to get the swelling down. That was a nasty tumble that he had. Um, and you just think about the fact that the sixes he's the Sixers' engine and how well they look this year. And basically without him, they're, they're done for. Um, you look at the fact that I, I wish Bucks. Nets was the Eastern conference finals. Yeah, me too. Like, that's my own, if I had a, if I have a problem, that's my own problem.
1: Any chance Joel could be ready for the conference finals? Can they get by? He's
0: not going to stay healthy. Listen, if he has a torn meniscus, that thing's going to flare up on him. All right, there's going to be some bone on bone some nights uh, that he feels. It's just, I mean, it's it's just the wrong time of the year to get an injury like that. You know what I'm saying? So also for a guy that we know lumbers, even though, you know, he's, he's athletically gifted to be that big, um, but, and, and moves a lot to be that big, it'd be different if he was just a back you down post guy and you like just hit him with the drop step, you know, Like, but we're talking about a guy that's taking people off the dribble, doing Euro steps at seven feet, 300 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're just a lot or two eighty or whatever. Um, that's a lot, uh, to put on. That's a lot of weight on a, a gentleman. And he's had a lot of leg issues period right? since he's come out of college. So that that um that one, I hate especially when it it's already seemed like it was a fate complete that the 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 Wizards were out of it right. Like if the Wizards come around and they're able to now because Joel Embiid is out come back from three one, which I don't think they should be. I think Doc Rivers should be able to pull this out even without Embiid. But I mean they they still have enough games to where he should be able to come back. If not this, he's not playing tonight, but the next game or the game after. So if they end up three, three, perhaps for game seven, Joel Embiid will come back. Uh, but the worst part about that is then the turnaround you're you're playing the next team that you have to play, and you would rather have him rest. But they should be able to get one out of the next three without Joel and B. But Ben Simmons, man, that last game for all the Ben Simmons haters, you're looking you're looking good right now. When uh, <laughs> that last game, man, like the fact that Ben Simmons, man, and I was a person where. I have I, at times i I like Ben Simmons but his reluctance to shoot it'll be different again it kind of goes with the LeBron thing and I'm not dissing LeBron I'm not comparing them to each other um but the fact that Ben Simmons won't shoot period is right. just that's different <laughs> all right that's that's different right like that that's it's it's okay to be a bad shooter but take the attempts I remember Ryan um Ryan Jefferson What's is it Ryan Jefferson that used to play for the Nets Richard Jefferson. Richard Thank you. Richard Jefferson. I can't remember what coach he was talking about, uh, but he said that the coach told him basically, you know, every game, take a three. I need you to take a couple of threes just so you can start getting used to it. But also you got to keep that guy honest. And even though you're not a three point shooter, it's going to help you basically in your career, which it did uh, because he wasn't a guy that you cared if he took a three and, you know, towards the middle of his career, you would come out a little bit more if he was taking that three because he was knocking more of them down. Um, the fact that he just won't do it at all. is like, son, you are really – killing the vibes right now, son. Like, you're killing the vibes. Uh, so, yeah, if, if Washington can come back, it's not going to feel like, oh, yeah, they really came back. And it's not even just they they really came back. It's also going to be like whoever they take on in the next round, you're going to be like they're going to spank Washington because Washington shouldn't even be here. So it's not but the interest that you would necessarily have because, what, they will be taking on – Who would who do they take on in the next? They take on the Atlanta or the Knicks? Is that who? Uh,
1: and Atlanta is up. So the Atlanta playoff bracket right there, up to date. By the way, right now the Sixers are up 17 with about 515 left in the fourth quarter.
0: All right, that's that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. So you're so looking at it. Oh, you know what? I have to take that back. I know Atlanta's talented and has a better or overall roster than also with Bert's hands being out for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, but Russ and and Bradley Bill may be able to take on Atlanta. That may be a matchup thing with them versus Atlanta. Uh, so I, let me re, let me re, let me reverse that. Is when I say that the Wizards don't have a chance. But the, 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 looking at the Sixers, um, man, I mean if they can do it, if they can get to the next round and be it can be seventy percent. He's gonna be a problem from those bigs. I don't care what Clint Capella could do, and uh, uh, Collins. He's gonna be oh, a big. Yeah. He's gonna be a big time problem defensively. When you look defensively at Ben Simmons and being able to switch off and perhaps being able to slow down a Trey Young. Um, but yeah, that 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 this series isn't what it, it it would be. This series and the next, when we're talking about Philadelphia. Uh, and the Wizards or whoever Atlanta faces from that series that I just mentioned. Um, it, it's not as it is definitely not as appealing as Nets Milwaukee, especially with what Milwaukee has been doing, man. Milwaukee, you wouldn't expect this from Milwaukee, especially when the Bragdanovich trade failed. You were basically like, damn, Giannis, you shouldn't have signed that contract because it's not gonna work. Who thought Chris Middleton was finally gonna do what we all thought wanted him to do? Like We've always been like, Chris Middleton, you were three. You're not, you not a number two, son. You were three. Shotty mm-hmm. went off last year in the playoffs, and we was like, damn, if only he could do that all the time. And now you see him starting to do that all the time. So now Giannis has a real Robin, and then you throw Drew Holiday in on that. And again, a player like Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis is perfect for a team like that. You want a crazy big who's nasty <laughs> and can knock down threes? Oh, he's perfect for a team like that, like when, when he got there, I was like, oh, that's a fit right there. You got. was like what's the crazy level on this man? OK, okay. Oh, I like <laughs> PJ Tucker. I mean, and, and especially the mismatch, that, you know, PJ Tucker playing how well he played bigs. But now you had an option to have it and how well he knocks down that corner three. You had an option to where he doesn't necessarily have to play the big, but he can play the big. And you got yeah, It's just I, I didn't know these parts. We're going to do what they're doing, especially with people kind of looking at Bowden Are like, dude, you better start getting it done because you're the one that they can move after signing Giannis to this money. Um, but I listen. I'm let me be tr- truly honest. I want to see the Bucks make it out. Um, I'm starting Nets, to
1: like the Bucks. Yeah, I'm really Nets, starting to like
0: them. Yeah, the Nets, it'll be cool. But, man, they haven't even been together all year. Like, I don't it's just, if they had played yeah, just together. It's like the free pass squad. Steve Nash
1: with his free pass, James Harden free pass, Kevin Durant free. It's like, it's just too perfect and too much just like, everything's all hunky-dory and everybody's just getting what they want out of this. I, like, it, it's hard to, I think... Wrap yourself around that team and get excited versus like Milwaukee, who's been paying their dues for a while. And like you said, they've actually added the type of pieces that gets you excited because they built a team around Giannis. I I don't know if like Brooklyn has obviously all that skill, but outside of the skill, I
0: don't think they're very lovable. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm not even a hater hater on them, but it's just still like since they haven't had a season together, it's not as appealing to me. Um but I want to see did you see this one? Did you see this today? I'm going to put it up to the screen. This is Ethan Thomas. Uh Scooby sent me this. This is a uh, Ethan Thomas uh former Washington Wizards uh posted this on uh on uh Instagram. Did you see this? <laughs> the sound on there. <laughs> so it's Kyrie, it's Kyrie Irving's head superimposed on Michael Jackson's body, and he's doing the, the nasty step that Michael Jackson did, but it's on the Celtics logo and like it's on center court. It's listen, did you see the one Internet where Kyrie, again? Right. Well, did you see the one where it's like an explosion in front of it's like somebody's house or something burning down and Kyrie's face is superimposed, turning back, grinning or whatever. And it's like <laughs> job finally done. Oh, I know. The, I know we're just talking about the the uh, the, uh, the Nets versus the Bucks, but it just it crossed my mind. And I know we're going to talk about the Celtics a little bit later, but I had to let you see that one. Uh, But yeah, it's still and I'm not I'm not the man, you guys shouldn't be coming together like this guy, even though it's like, damn, how big of a hammer do you need? And I'm, of course, referring to the Nets. Uh, but still, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right right now because I didn't see them play this year, and it's just proof that like, once you amass this much talent, regardless if they've never played together, of course, they're, these are basketball savants. Like, right. this is basketball IQ to another level when you're talking about these players.
1: You don't become a, a superstar or considered a really star player if you don't have that basketball IQ. Like maybe some guys can just purely get away with athletics for a certain for amount of time, part, right? Yeah, but for the most part, that acumen is developing along with your athletics. And a few years into league, especially all these veteran guys, like I'm not surprised. And a lot of times they scrimmage with each other in the off season, so it's not like they haven't fully played
0: with each other. It's the it's it's the most skilled big three. Ever, I think. Like, sk- skill-wise, on top of the physical... I mean, Kevin Garnett is a condor. You know what I'm saying? And you could diss James Harden, but you can't move him off his spot. But skill-wise, these guys are freaky deekies at the skill level that they have. But like, again... Uh- Golden State, they
1: had maybe the shooting as the trio. Yeah, that was still, But
0: in terms I mean, of
1: the Nets. Who's the big James three? I'm going to say who's the big three real quick. Clay, KD, and Steph. So like so, that combined skill of shooting is probably better than any big three ever. Yeah. But in terms of skills, I agree with you that I think the Nets are the best because you've got that score with KD, but then you, they're all obviously scores, but Kyrie is such a finisher and just a total, just magician with that basketball. And then you got Harden, the facilitator with the ability to score and just basically get to the lane whenever he needs to, or the line they've got, like the amount of skills is greater than any three. If maybe golden state shooting was the best of any type of skill period for a big three.
0: I was going to say, see, this is why I asked you who were your big three with Golden State, because you had to put in clay. But if you put in Draymond, because, again, the playmaking aspect. So you're talking about with the Nets, all three of them are playmakers. I mean, KD is so efficient that even not to say that he's not a playmaker, but he's a playmaker because he's not even gunning and he's going to make the right play. Kyrie and, and and James Harden are facilitators and even though James Harden is basically their point but you still see what they they do it's it's just super freaky to say the least it's it's pleasant you know but right now and let me get all the way back to what I was saying initially having counted the bucks out I think after what happened in the bubble last year and what the heat did to them we basically thought it was broken we thought that Giannis' streak of, and it will be broken as winning MVPs was over, but not just his streak, his chances to win MVPs will be over because he would have to make it to a finals, if not win a finals to be back, to be a guaranteed MVP again, because people are basically going to be like, yeah, we've seen you dominate the regular season and win the MVP, but you've never done it in the postseason, So you're not, you're not the MVP. Like it it has happened and it will happen. Um, So for him, to do what he's done and for th- those players to f- jump in that bandwagon and ride along and improve especially uh Chris Middleton his own play uh and for Budahosa to figure out and get that defense going in the way that it's been playing I'm rooting for him and I'm for the last weeks they're my they're my team they're the team I want to win the title I would say. No
1: I can't believe I'm saying that too. I think they're
0: the, they're the team, team I, I want to win. I want to because in all fairness I no longer want the Clippers to win NBA title. That's just the truth. I don't trust them. Um, the fact that uh, uh, the fact that Luca has to have a, a, a neck issue for you to defeat right. him, like these guys aren't beating the Dallas. we like like, you, everyone talking like, yeah, they got Dallas's number. Yeah, yeah of course. If, if your stud superstar's neck is jacked
1: right. up, he's of course they're well, gonna. Wasn't so that dead. part of the problem last year for the Clippers that like? Uh, Kawhi's legs weren't fully there. And that's yeah. why, like, yeah. so it's the same
0: thing. Whether you're talking so, about Luca. So, and listen, um, Kawhi and, and PG have been playing, you know, but it's just something about that squad now where it's like, I don't want to put. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I don't want to play. We in It's
1: PG it's, is what's got I, us really part, like,
0: <laughs> But you know what? I won't even just say that. It's. I like Kawhi a lot. If not, may love Kawhi, but I need more for that salary. Everyone knows your best player doesn't necessarily have to be your leader, but you still need your best player to, to set the tone uh, and not just by um, actions, you know, but set the tone really with his voice uh, and unify the team. He doesn't have to be the grand unifier, but he has to be one of them. Uh, one of the head ones, especially if he's given Fringe benefits, as we know, was part of the issue that the team had last year, even though what was reported it was more of the fact that Paul George was getting those same benefits and teammates didn't view him on the level of a Kawhi Leonard as they shouldn't. Um, but I don't I just don't trust that team. You know, um the West, man, you're looking at the, listen, the coming out party by John Moran. And I mean, for guys like us who wanted the Bulls to get him some oh, seasons we want back, him. we wanted but the coming out party. That of course they're going to lose to the Jazz. But man, that team went from Jared Jackson Jr. to his so quick. Um, Isn't that the problem right there? Jared Jackson. We kind of looked at him. He's not healthy. He hasn't been healthy. Um, And and also, the question was always how to implement him. And I think part of the problem is now you kind of thought the offense, you kind of thought. You had your your pick and roll game together, your traditional big and a point guard, but you didn't think the point guard was this dominant. I mean, <laughs> he, it, you can't hold back him. You would you'd be doing a disservice to your team by holding John Morant back. He's just all of that in a bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? So that's where it's just like is you got to refigure it. But also, Jared Jackson has to be healthy. Um, and I haven't watched enough regular season Grizzly games to really put my my finger on it, but really majority of the games that I watched, he wasn't healthy anyway, but I did his rookie season. Love his skill set, being that big athletic and be able to knock down that three. Um, I was leery initially a little bit coming out of Michigan state, but I felt like he proved me wrong. Um, But yeah, that you got to get somebody else down there with, with, with John Morant. Cause I'll tell you what, if you don't, After that, after the the first four years of that, that uh, second deal start getting that contract (laughs) ready, baby, dude, I mean,
1: we know Memphis ain't bringing anybody in. They don't bring nobody in unless they're a
0: draft pick. How can you consistently lose the ball but not lose the ball in the lane? In the manner that he does, by throwing it between his legs, throwing it past uh, defenders' arms, and re, 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 re grabbing the ball—no, I didn't mean to say re grabbing the ball, but uh, how, like just—but his reaction just, is insane. God. Yes, his quick twitch, also his basketball IQ—it's just I, yeah, all that in reaction. He can react Ooh. mentally and physically. Shout out to his pops, over. who has been his primary trainer. Um, you did a damn good job with that young man, man. Shorty oh, is
1: yes. poof, he's he's can I want to see is, the salute, the Ken salute to Mr. Morant? Uh yep,
0: Dude, bonafide you, this right is, there. This is when you start to make your name, all right? When in the playoffs, remember the Celtics beat the Bulls? What was it? Eight, was it '86? I believe, and when uh, Jordan, when when Larry Bird was like Jordan, and I'm paraphrasing this, is is Jesus Christ in in, in gym shoes. Um, it listen, they beat the Bulls, but pr- that performance was like, whoa, man, right. John, John Morant has the whoa uh, going on uh, right now. And still speaking of whoa, listen, I went to Adidas website today, like so I know uh, last year. Y'all did that deal when uh, Dame scored that sixty something in the bubbles because I bought a pair of those Dame <laughs> them Dame dollar Adidas for sixty something for the low. I was like, y'all gonna do it for the fifty five, right? I showed something to low! Listen, <laughs> damn it, Dame! Like goodness gracious, young man, how listen? I hate to say it, but how dare you be so nice with with like. Damian Lillard, and again, it was a loss. I love what he said about that loss to the Nuggets. Shout out to Joker and Michael Porter Jr. with what they're doing with uh, Murray being out. But man, dang, you got listen, dog. That series, it's so bad. Um, it's so bad because he was hurt this year, and I like the professionalism, and I love who he's going to be post NBA career as an as a, a talking head. And I'm talking about CJ McCollum, but you know I've said this for years: you got to move, shut right? Like you, because y'all listen. I'll be honest with you: Damon Lillard should walk into that office and be like, "Trade Get me. him out, trade me." me. <laughs> right? You're lucky he is he right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's more like an old school player. Um, more like, and I don't know if this if will ever happen. He'll ask for a trade, but I'll say more like a Kevin Garnett will may wish that he asked a Derek for a trade. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Derek was not wasn't the same. You know, what I'm, saying, I'm just talking when he, he
1: was still elite.
0: Yeah. and didn't want to recruit. <laughs> kind of old no, school no. a little bit. Yeah, t- yeah, it's kind of old school. But I'm I'm even just saying it from the point of saying I want out. With, with with Dame. Like, listen, I've done all I can do for this organization. Uh I deserve a chance to get a champ get a, get a of the championship. And how we're configured right now it's not gonna work. Um I saw Steven Smith talking about it today and when he was talking about it, I was like, brother, we all been saying this forever now. Like we all know you can't win with the small or diminutive backcourt court. But, you know well
1: especially saying? my problem with CJ is he is just a turnstile defensively. And if he doesn't uh. bring it offensively you know, what does he bring you?
0: What Philly versus the there? Hawks. Joel and, can, Joel and B can get him some couple more days to rest. Rest, big man. And the Hawks
1: are taking care of business so far 85 71 with about seven minutes left in the fourth. So, you know, one thing I'm going to really miss those playoff weekends. Like that first opening round couple weekends with NBA basketball where it's literally all day. And especially being out here in the West Coast, these games are starting at 11 a.m. Mm hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to miss that. Shout
0: out to the NBA and that playoffs. Really good opening round. Definitely, definitely a great opening around. Also for the people that didn't like to play in, it was phenomenal. Yeah, um, I like it. <laughs> it's just the truth. It's the truth, you guys. This, this is, and listen when when they had that Missy's tournament. Tournament is going to be phenomenal, right? All right, especially if you're a team that sucks and your team gets hot and you can get a, a, a BS trophy like it's some soccer type ish. It's going to be. It's, yeah, dude. But the, the, as you just said, it's it's definitely been phenomenal, uh, to say the least, looking at these playoffs. It's been enjoyable. Uh, we didn't talk about the Knicks and Atlanta because basically the Knicks secret sauce was exposed and Atlanta's right. doing what the Atlanta does. They had does a with-
1: very nice season, the Knicks. Mm. They should yeah. be content with that.
0: But uh, again, with the Clippers and the Mavs, man, with Luca being hurt, so the Clippers win. But I don't trust the Clippers. Let me ask you this: Who do you have coming out the West right now? Who do you have, and/or who do you prefer?
1: Um, I was Lakers until AD went down. I thought that they would still find a way to get out of the West. I'm real. I picked Denver to be Portland, and they're kind of my my dark horse right now to come out of the West. Uh, I, I like Denver. I think the most right now, Mm. just because Dallas is, I think out and I don't trust the Clippers either. And Utah, I like, I really do, but you know, it's an eight seed. I like Donovan Mitchell, but is he going to stay healthy? And do they have enough firepower when they start going up against teams
0: that can really score it? I have to say that um, I didn't have the Lakers coming out once LeBron had that ankle injury and showed that he was hobbled. I was like, ah, no. Nah. And I'll tell you this: I didn't know why the Clippers didn't want to jump on the Lakers' necks early and play them while their both of their players was hurt. Because you could kind of read that this was going to happen during this series. Mm-hmm. They was going to keep it's, the, the AD was was going to probably end up getting hurt. Unfortunately, that happens. I'm not trying to diss the young man. I love him. He's from the City. But I, I, my whole thought was, if I'm the Clippers, let's jump, let's jump on LA's ass now while they're struggling and to get them out, uh, rather than wait and see if they can, can counter, rejigger themselves, and, and, get healthy, and, and, yeah, and get healthy. You know, so I had them out. Um, if the, I don't, I just don't care for the Clippers right now. And this is a team that I want to see win the championship last year. I don't care for the Clippers. I don't think without Murray, Denver can do it you know cuz they still have so much size uh when it comes to portland and we all know portland's issues but when you're talking about utah uh having you know one of the best records in the and league
1: they got a front I court that utah- can
0: really defend they can I really think you, defend. I think I like I think I like utah coming out of the West, especially you said, if Donovan Mitchell can stay healthy, but I mean, and again, he has to play, but when he was out, their record wasn't bad as what you initially would have thought their record would have been. Um, I'll And, and listen, you putting Jordan Clarkson back in his spot really is the six man. I right. like, I like Utah, man. I think with the, le- I think the only teams that could have taken Utah out this year for me were the Lakers, hands down, because I never know what the Clippers are. So I could say the Clippers, but I want to move them out. But the Lakers and Denver, but with Murray out, I don't. I think Denver need you just Denver needs that specialness that Murray yeah. brought last year. But even if they didn't get that, they just need him to be a, a stud at times. And I think missing him is going to be something uh, uh moving forward. So I, I, I I'm gonna go with Utah. I think Utah. It's going to be the team to come me, out of the West for me. Give me a refresher. Is Murray out for the rest of the playoffs or do they think that he could still come back? Um, I think if he came back, it'd be late. I forgot the type of injury that he had. Um, Murray, I know it was a knee injury. Um, so I can't necessarily – I don't think he's coming back. Let me put it like – if I think if it's just a chance it's the finals, but I don't even know if it's that. I, I don't know if he tore his ACL or not. I can't remember initially what he did and why you would ask me if you to yourself didn't <laughs> didn't know.
1: I thought he was Damn. still coming back.
0: Did you find out what it was?
1: Uh, He's out indefinitely yeah. as of right I thought now after out. knee I surgery. Th-
0: yeah, I thought he was out. Oh, he did tear I, his ACL. I'm yeah, sorry. I thought so. I thought, I wasn't sure, but I mean, to me it sounded like but it's been so long, but I thought he tore his ACL. So, yeah, he's he's uh, Yeah, I, I like that then with you
1: with uh with Utah. There like I I really did believe if LeBron and AD are playing the whole playoffs that they'll get to the finals. But with AD down, I and Chris Paul is basically down too, right? Like we we can't really expect Chris Paul to like if that shoulder gets right. I could see Phoenix doing a deep run potentially. Yeah, good. But
0: how's it going to get right during the playoffs? Yeah, As we I see, don't see, it's going to keep. He's going to keep re-injuring it, and players know to go at him to get to to to, to, to kind of aggravate
1: it. And my problem with Utah is only if Donovan Mitchell goes down because I just thought when Memphis played them in that game one when Donovan wasn't there. They just they can be, I think, a good regular season team. I don't think they're a good playoff team without Donovan Mitchell. Like, I mean, it, that's how you're talking are. about with that Jamal Murray specialness, like, they need mm. that. I think
0: Utah needs that Donovan Mitchell. Special. I totally I agree. I t- I'm, listen, I'm not saying, man, Utah can do this without Donovan Mitchell. No, I'm no, no. saying, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is there and playing, and that's why I believe Utah can pull it off. Uh, but, like, anything, that, I only bring that up as just, Let's say he's not
1: 100% he gets Chris Paul territory or LeBron territory and we see that he's like not playing as well because of some kind of injury but he can still be out
0: there I'd really dislike Utah at that point. I'm with you but look let's like it. it was a, he he hurt his knee they've set him out as a precaution and kept him out even longer than he wants to be to stay out. It's not like he tore something, right? I'm not saying that he's a hundred percent by any means, but if he hasn't tore anything, and there's no swelling or whatever it, it, he should be fine there's not it's not for instance like chris paul where it seems like the shoulder is popping out to where it's like oh you know like that he doesn't have acls we just found out that he didn't have an acl but he's fine but sometimes he's not fine if you can remember right. um i forgot what the player was that played for the spurs uh that when he got drafted he they found What's yeah they found out that he absorbed his body absorbed his ACLs, uh, his or they they his body absorbed the plug they were using to replace his ACLs, I believe, and that he didn't have ACLs. But yeah, um, I'm just saying that I think he should be healthy enough, and that team from top to bottom, I feel like is is good enough. And I, listen, I know it may not be a ratings bonanza. But when you're talking about deep squads, if you have a Utah versus a Milwaukee, that's a pretty that's a pretty entertaining yeah. matchup. You know what I'm saying in the finals or whatever. Also, you know it'd be good to get some new blood in the finals, man. Like, yeah, I know for I know, I, hey, everybody, I've been there when my guy was getting up in age, and you know it was a transition, and actually NBA ratings went down for some years until they were could have, find some stars to replace Mike. Uh, but it will be good not to say it happened because, you know, he, this guy's great. And I'm talking about LeBron James. But to be honest with you, and I was a person last year, I was like, man, I don't want to see no finals or a Western Conference finals without LeBron James in it when it seemed like, you know, he may be injured then. But this year right now, I'm good if LeBron James isn't in the finals you know what i'm saying like I, I they won last year you know what i'm saying i don't me and you didn't really like how they constructed that team this year when no. people were raving about it and we were kind of like i don't see that right now again uh frank vogel isn't using uh montres hero maybe cuz matrasel is showing up to practice in, in, in not in sweats but in true religion gear and it's it's aggravating coach every time i coach. see him
1: now i just see your face like Dude. on his shoulder <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ooh, he made DeJuan so Blair, good. by the way, was yes, the no DeJuan, Blair, DeJuan Blair. Listen, he made the the, the 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 fact I still say this, and this is a brother this on another brother. And I like how gully Montres Harrell is. But if I'm um what's the Clippers owner's name? Steve Ballmer? Yeah, if I'm Ballmer, there's no question. I'm tossing out all his true religion on the tarmac, like I was in the past. <laughs> the chains. I'm waiting till he's walking on the plane, so he sees me flinging that shit out, right? Like with some kind
1: I'm, of Microsoft
0: like, robot, right? That comes in and starts. <laughs> about- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like I'm, um, dude. And again, I'm, I shouldn't say that, but it's just from his play in the bubble last year aggravated me because he was somebody I'm like, man, the clip is, Mantra is hero. hero. Um, so again, I mean, and the, the funny thing is both of those squads, uh, people talked about how they was built and look, Serge, where Serge been at now, you know what I'm saying? But I'm kind of done. Like it's the problem where I'm not, a am not a, a Midwestern person that's jealous of the coasts. And it's like, nah, man, that's all they care about. Like, yeah, those are some dope teams historical teams and i'm talking about the lakers primarily but you look at the talent that's on the clippers and the money excuse me having the richest owner in the basketball but i'm tired of the la narrative right now um i'm cool if we can move off la for this year to something else in my finals uh so I'm, i'm cool if we don't have to revisit a lakers versus whoever uh finals this upcoming uh nba finals yeah, I'm with
1: you. I mean, we I think we both know <laughs> the Lakers aren't winning nothing without AD
0: because LeBron ain't caring. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Even if AD's back, I don't necessarily just think the Lakers are going to win it. I think yeah. when they face some of these deeper teams – You know what I'm saying? That you can, they can be exposed. You know what I'm saying? You're literally looking at, and I'm not saying like you you got Mikael Bridges, you got definitely some few other players with the Suns that are just stepping up, but we're we're looking at their three head monster being uh, Chris Paul, Aiden, and um, um, Booker, right? And Booker. And and Booker. So I think there's some other teams that have a three head monster. I'm not saying a big three, but they have depth. Depth. You know, like for instance, and again, not to revisit it, like if Jamal Murray was there, you look at the depth that a Denver has, you look at the depth that a Utah has. Um, and also coaching. Like I, I used to love Quinn Snyder at Missouri. Quinn Snyder is doing his dizzle um with with uh the Utah Jazz. So again, yeah, outside I, I, of I, those ignorant ass fans being rude to John Moran's family, um, that's that's yeah. why I shouldn't have Utah. That's why I should take that back. And that's I'm yeah. i, I, you know, I think that's my problem through Utah. <laughs>
1: I still love that. Who was making fun of the Utah Jazz? Like uh, it just.
0: Oh, Vernon Maxwell. (laughs) Vernon Maxwell does it all the time. I don't know if you're talking (laughs) about Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Maxwell Jazz, but like
1: Jazz is illegal basically in Utah because they hate black people. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, dude, I I should revisit that, but I'm just being honest with what I think. Um, Screwed some of the fans, but yeah, I. a decent amount. I think yeah. the Jazz uh, are are that team, and it's going to just – it's, it's going to go out to Utah. How, you, how are you screaming that
1: word at John ja Morant, and you've got plenty of, you know, black players on your team? I never understand that disconnect. When I, I was watching Seinfeld this week, just kind of rerunning. Right, I love this go. opening one. It was so good, like – when you root for your team, you're really just rooting for clothes. You're not rooting for the player because players come and go. This is all what Jerry's saying. So it's like our clothes are better than your clothes. It's like uh, people just, I don't know. They, how do you just hate on players? I don't get it.
0: Well, two things. I My favorite show for some years was Seinfeld. And people be like, you can't get over it. It can never be my favorite show again, because anytime Kramer comes sliding into the room, I feel like he's saying the N word. And I just yeah. can't. I haven't been. I haven't really watched the show since. Right. Um, it's just one of those things. That is that just, very ugly. I think about so, it all the time. So because and it's funny that you brought that show up and we're talking about racist remarks. Um, I'll say this. I disagree with that statement. Nowadays, I think most of us root for the players in the uniform because players have switched teams so often that, you know, like I don't I wouldn't root for the Utah Jazz as much without Devin Mitchell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Thank you, Donovan Mitchell. You know, like so like, listen, I love the Bulls. But my love is different when Derrick Rose was an MVP. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to I had to watch it. I had to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? This doesn't mean I – I mean, I think to a certain degree, you can kind of compartmentalize it. And when your team isn't good or doesn't have a stud, it's like, yeah, it's cool. And some people aren't like this. Some people are like, just die hard. One, because of what we do and the business we've been in, you kind of get detached from your the teams like that. It's not, it's not the same uh, for the most part. Uh, so to, with me, I, I disagree. I root. I think I root more for the players. Um, I do root for some organizations just because there were organizations perhaps in my childhood that I liked. Um, mm-hmm. But primarily, I think I root more uh, for the players than I do for the laundry. I mean, I love my hometown Chicago teams, but it, it, it at times it depends on the type of product that they're presenting out there. that really engage me and make me be a fanatic, to say the least. And that's the right way to look at
1: it. We should be cheering the players.
0: Hey, they, they, they're doing the blood, sweat, and the toil. Uh, so, real quick, before we leave off basketball we, uh, today, well, first it broke that um, Danny Yangs was thinking about stepping down. Then about and forty-five then minutes. <laughs> <laughs> then forty-five <laughs> minutes to an hour later. Uh Danny Yang stepped stepped down for being the head his lead executive of the Boston Celtics. And uh current, now former Celtics head coach Brad Stevens is moving up into the front office. Brad Stevens, who was having a terrible year, to be honest with the amount of talent that's on that team. We all know Kimball Walker has been hurt, uh, primarily since he's been a Celtics uh, player over the last two seasons. Um, uh, but Brad Stevens, given the uh, given the talent that Danny Angs assembled for him failed. Uh, yeah. When he had a team that was try hard um, and, and, and they played above and beyond. Yeah. He was doing this thing. But when he started getting some guys that uh, had a bit of equity in the NBA, either through their play uh, or their contracts, um, it seems like he didn't necessarily know how to manage that. Uh, you had the Gordon Hayward situation where uh, supposedly he had, he was forcing Hayward into the starting lineup when Hayward wasn't even ready coming back from injury to, to, to take that, that, that job away from Jalen Brown. I believe it was probably Jalen Brown who had to sit down in those, those instances, or uh, perhaps it was uh, their power for it at the time. Uh, but still, he started off good. He ended badly um, talking about Brad Stevens, and, and I'm talking about because, dude, Jalen Brown has got done nothing but get better and better the last three seasons. And Tatum has basically been a stud since he entered the league, even though his second year, there seemed like there was some regression. But he, he kind of he's definitely has bounced back from that. Um, they got two stud perimeter players. You got Marcus Smart. But if we just go back to what they had two or three seasons ago, he couldn't, and I know Kyrie can be difficult, but he couldn't figure the Kyrie situation out just to, to, to get Kyrie to perhaps stay, maybe if Kyrie's mind was made up regardless. Um, but for Brad Stevens to to luck into a promotion uh, when in some ways he squandered the amount of talent that Danny uh, Ains provided him with is just BS to me. And again, that's ownership having someone you're you're familiar with, but I don't even get how you feel that this gentleman has shown you enough to think, Oh yeah. If we put him in the front office role. Now, again, I'm not behind the scenes. I'm sure Danny Ains was one of the lead people saying Brad, and I know he says he's going to help him and get him uh, up to snuff when it comes to uh, being one of the lead front office uh, people of the Celtics. Um, but I don't know if, if Brad Stevens has been big in personnel moves over the last few seasons. Anyway, as soon as the head coach, may have some type of say, um, but it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me when there's people that have done that job or there have been people that are in organizations under someone doing that job, that they're basically learning to do that job that you, you don't even give those people an opportunity. You just give it to Brad Stevens. And I don't know if, this is ownership, one in the larger say, so they have someone that perhaps they can have more sway over. Um, But just with, with how, again, I felt like he didn't take care of what he was supposed to take care of as a head coach for him to get such a nice job is we didn't, they haven't given us his title, but it seems like the general manager of the organization I just think it's BS, man, to say the least. I think it's comfortability. I think ownership
1: is comfortable with Brad Stevens. Why do the massive search and all this stuff if you really feel confident and comfortable with the guy you have? And I I don't disagree with you. I think it's a huge jump. That's not an easy job. And I never like bringing in people that have never done it before That's a huge risk. And we all know with GMs, you can't evaluate after a season or two. You have to give it a few seasons to really Mm -hmm. understand the type of moves, the type of team construction they're trying to do, as well as, you know, getting the right coaches and all the other stuff in place for scouting and the infrastructure of the organization so that's, uh, that's definitely asking a lot of Brad Stevens. I guess being maybe the czar of Butler gives him at least some insight, and I'm sure he was pretty close with Danny Ainge, but I think ownership was just ultimately more most comfortable going with Brad Stevens than searching.
0: Now, I don't know this. My, only, um, my thought is this, though. If he doesn't have a good relationship with Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, Yes, he's removed from them so they don't have to deal with him day to day. But when it when when times get rough and you don't have a good relationship with your general manager, I think it's a lot easier to walk into that room and say, I want out of here. And again, I don't know his relationship with those players, but I'm on the outside looking in. I would think if he had a great relationship with them perhaps the team's record would be better, but I could be wrong because the both of them play well. So maybe it was on him figuring out how to use their scoring and defensive, the defensive abilities uh, to elevate the other players. And that's where he failed at. But I wonder if he has, if he doesn't have a great relationship with them, how long they're going to want to be around the team, because now he went from being the, 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 the supervisor, to now he's the head the head senior manager or director you know what i'm saying um but again it, it may i just maybe just 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 running up, barking up the wrong tree in general again i don't know but it's just something i thought about
1: yeah um it's interesting a lot of race
0: a lot of race relations being dealt with in boston <laughs> you know one thing i thought about too would have been funny and i just just thought about this about an hour ago it would have been real odd had the Clippers and Steve Ballmer had held on to doc rivers one more year. And this had been the year he got fired. And then this would have happened at Boston and doc would have been out on the street and Boston with those two perimeter players would have been attractive. If doc would have went back to Boston to coach under someone with less coach head coaching experience than him as the new general manager mm. is one of the things that crossed my mind, uh, in the what if world of NBA, um, but yeah, it, you said it, it's familiarity, but that, that privilege is the problem to where other people can't get in those jobs because familiarity with, you know, familiar with you, you look like me, you talk like me, you know, uh, and, it, and there's nothing that alienates me, so let's keep this this going. Um, Again, also, I wonder, I don't know if the NBA... Has, I think they do have a Rooney rule when it comes to front office positions. So I wonder, had they have they did they do the little throwaway interview with somebody I don't that's know already if they there? Do to be honest,
1: because I, I feel Steve like they Ash asked you cut to the line. Our
0: tourist cut the line. They didn't. No, but remember the Bulls. Else. I think the Bulls interviewed other people because I, I think the Bulls could say that they interviewed again. Now that's the president job, but them have, having Mark Eversley there, I think, kind of may have covered their ass. But again, it may not be a rule in stone. It may be okay. something that you know this, the league wants you to do uh, before they 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 put it in stone. Well, that uh, but would I make just... a
1: lot of sense.
0: but yeah so I I just it crossed my mind uh, when you see that and you see someone getting a job that you don't necessarily believe that they've earned from the work that they've presented so far
1: yeah sounds like butler privilege butler privilege clap 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 indiana
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right man you know what time it is man let's let's go up for grabs with ryan b ski ryan what you got
1: so my first up for grabs, focusing on the baseball teams in Chicago. Both have entered Wednesday in first place with yeah. the first pole marker passed on the MLB season with Memorial Day. So how excited, excited, double excited should either side of town be?
0: Um all right, let's start with the South Side. Uh Sox should be excited because throughout injuries throughout having uncertainty of what you thought this rotation may be. Uh, Yes, you knew you had Giolito, who really hasn't been Giolito for for the most part of the season. Uh, Dallas Kaiko, who's been a little bit better of late, but still hasn't necessarily been able to give you uh, quality starts as far as going out in the fourth. Um, Lance Lynn has been a stud. Uh, Dylan Cease looks great. Uh, Lance Lynn is just
1: this year, right, as of Mm -hmm. right now? They might have to lock him up.
0: Yeah, but he was like, what? He was six in Cy Young voting last year with a losing team down in Texas. Um, Carlos Rendon just doing nastiness, and then the arms. Even though some of them come and go, that are in the bullpen. Um, I mean, with the so- I mean, even regardless of being frustrated with Tony La Russa, uh, who expected the Sox to be here after the amount of injuries that they took on earlier this year. Uh, How Billy about Hamilton.
1: both sides in that regard? My yeah. goodness,
0: Chicago's might, been destroyed with baseball injuries, and they persevered. Uh, which is also shout out to shout out to Jed, shout out to Rickon, uh, and shout out to David Ross. I won't say shout out right now to Tony. <laughs> uh, Got to do a bit more, buddy. you to do a bit. Don't vibe, kill out here. You killing You, know the night. you see I'm this ring? I'm a Rick? In my Hall you of Fame person. Um, I got the jacket in the back too. If you need to see that, <laughs> is that what he, I know? On the thread, someone posted the actual uh, him actually being like in the squad car, or something. I didn't click it. Is that what you're talking about? Is that did he actually yeah, say yeah. that? Oh yeah, okay. I knew. I know. he said, know, said the well, Hall I fame person. I, I didn't know he said the jacket was in the back though. Oh no, not the jacket. i mean, because I'm like, damn, you run around with the Hall of Fame jacket <laughs> like that.
1: Well, I'm we all show, know he is. I'm going to show you. He was just too drunk at the time to remember the jacket was in the back.
0: <laughs> Jackets
1: in the back. Um, the Cubs. When he was in the squad car in the back. He's, ah, the jacket. I forgot.
0: The jacket. <laughs> forgot the jacket. Would have got me out of this. Ah, whatever. Club, Jerry will hire me anyways. The Cubs. Um, I don't know. Because... I'm I'm fearful for Cub fans to be honest with you. I I think it's great that they're where they are, and I think and I told you this before the season started that I thought they still have enough talent that they should yeah. still be here to to, to be contending in this division. The problem is the lack of control over your players in the future, and. Are you just going to go for it and do a run this year? I mean, that'd be great Um, if they go for, especially if they go deep into the playoffs and this is a swan song for some of these players, but with not knowing if they're going to sell at the trade deadline, man, I would hate to see some white flag-ish happen to the Cubs, um, you know, that happened to the Sox back in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Um, So that's where I'm happy that the Cubs are playing like this, but also I'll say this. I do remember as a as a, a cautionary tale, me and Demise being on here. And uh, I think this was 2016. If it wasn't 2016, it was 2015. I think it was 2016. And I think we were about here at, at around this this poll market as you mentioned. And I said the, the socks uh he who should not be name trade. Yes. I said um uh, was like, man, the socks need to go from like, dude, the smoke and mirrors, this isn't real. They need to do a rebuild. Don't do it. You know what I'm saying. Don't don't not do it. And at the time, we didn't know who <sighs> Fernando Tatis Jr., who was just that playing the Cubs and got pulled for a core strain. We didn't know who he. We knew who he was. We didn't know he was great. And they traded him for James Shields to the Padres. Was well, not great. Yeah, <laughs> who we knew wasn't. Thank you. Who we knew at that point was not great. Right was this was not James Shields. Yeah, this from, was a big what, Tampa game. Bay James Rays. Yeah, that it earned him that nickname. This wasn't right? big game James anymore. And they went for it in a year that they shouldn't have went for it, and it cost them the most exciting player in the Major League Baseball, <laughs> right? And you know damn well chances are Ryan had they waited by that offseason, they would have started to figure out, damn, we may got we may have us something here in this Fernando kid, right? Yeah, I mean, so, he came on fast when he went right. You him. It was listen by the next season, if not after, it may have been a, a whole nother year. You heard right. about I think that's what it was. Yeah, you heard. Catsies Jr., but w- watch out, right? Um, so that's my cautionary tale for Cubs fans. As far as yeah, I I want you guys to do well, but I don't want you to do something this year that costs you the future when the odds are you're not going to win the World Series. But in saying that, we know you, man, with the World Series, the team gets hot. It you sometimes you just can't stop them. So yeah. it's it's a catch twenty two. You being a Cubs fan, how do you approach that situation?
1: I think you let this month play out. Honestly, like what, where are we talking? It re they play really well against top notch competition so far this year. I mean, they have played phenomenal. They were one of the, I think they were tied with the Padres and I forgot someone else for the best record in may mm-hmm. they're nine and one over their last 10. They just swept the Padres who a lot of people feel is one of, if not the best team in baseball, regardless of division, and uh league. I think you got to see how this plays out a little bit in a month. Like what if you're up five, six games in the division? Do you consider it all adding some pitching and going on a run? Like you just said, that's really risky. That's really risky. Or do you just say we're five or six games up? Yo, know, we got to trade these pieces off before it's too late. So th- this thing can go so many ways. Uh, the one nice thing though, has been kind of seeing some of the socks things that have happened to the white Sox for the Cubs. Like when your mean Mercedes was just coming out gangbusters, killing it. And to see a guy like Patrick wisdom come through and, and he's not your main Mercedes or your mean Mercedes by any means, but he's really giving you that type of boost that you need, especially with injuries taking you out.
0: That's a hell of a name, too. Wisdom. That's a a tight ass name right there.
1: Right. And it makes me just wonder if maybe the farm system's not as bad as we thought. Obviously, there's not the type of talent. But I look at St. Louis again. When they call up people, they're ready to play. They're usually not one of the best players in Major League Baseball. They're just a guy that can come in and handle the job. And as long as you have enough talent around some of these players, you're going to be fine. And the Cubs, you know, they have the talent. We'll see if they can lock any of it down, but you would think you could lock down Rizzo and Baez, probably not Bryant. So maybe do you just look at trading Bryant? There's a lot that this can go but I know that at least for right now, you've really figured out the offensive issues with the different pieces. And David Ross is just managing the hell out of this situation. Not to say Tony Arusa isn't either, because he's dealt with a ton of
0: injuries. Oh, you don't you but, don't have to do that over on that side. Yeah, I, I let's gave give a little props. let's give David, David Ross his props.
1: <laughs> and I think David Ross has done a really great job. I mean, do you trade away Craig Kimbrell? He's a free agent next year. He's one of the best closers in baseball right now. I mean, this dude has been nasty again. They got a lot of tough decisions, but at least what makes me not freak out about it is Jed has guided us to this point, and a lot of questions were on Jed and the team that he built coming out of spring training because they didn't make any changes that everyone thought you must make major changes. Otherwise, this team is going to flounder. They made and a so major whatever. change.
0: They traded away you. <laughs>
1: They did. They did. But, I mean, besides that one player, and you wasn't the guy to trade away, it was the position players, right? Because the offense was broken. Well, the offense isn't quite broken. And, you know, the pitching staff, not – the greatest, but there's still hope there with a guy like Adbert Alzelay and some of these younger players, like the bullpen young arms. Maybe there's some starters still to be found in the minor league system. It it's a really interesting point. And the big thing I think for the Cubs is for this next month, evaluation, evaluation. You have to know your players from the major league level all the way down and really evaluate yourself honestly, like you're saying. Do we have enough for a run, which could only last one year? And then what do we do if we do that? Or do we start trading away all these pieces because our farm system stinks? Or is our farm system not as bad as we think it is? It is developing. We feel confident that we can go either direction. We just got to pick the right direction for us.
0: What's that kid's name? Because it, it seems like he is um, projected to be a starter for the Cubs. He Edward Elkale? No, no, no. He came up at with the big, the big pitcher. Um, I, his name is either I don't think his name his last name is, is Mercedes he has like a name that's a common name for something else I don't know if his last name is sure. like Bra- Brazil I forget his name but he's a biggin um with some heat he came up at the towards the end of last year if you could check out your top pitching prospects I can tell if you see that I can tell you his name uh if you happen to run across it but I would think he's projected to be a starter now we know sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean when you make it to the big show that you will be a starter you may be usually you start off in the bullpen sometimes um and you may just end up in the bullpen because the, that, that's pitching as long as stars to pitch isn't necessary for you, you're better off being a guy that's in the bullpen. Uh but yeah, it just crossed my mind when you said you that you didn't know about uh any starters in the, the farm system because I know they project him uh to be a starter.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to pull that up. But that's but don't I think it. the big thing
0: yeah, is don't, getting
1: don't worry getting that evaluation figured out of your team and how you want it to be.
0: As, as, of course, I mean that that is the most important thing. Um, but listen, it's it's great to see that the Cubs are where they are right now um, because some Cubs and fans like Sox. yourself. This is
1: this is like getting fun now this summer, and especially when the doom and gloom of all the injuries and it's like, hey, you know, Eloy might come back, Louie might come it's, back. I
0: believe it's Braylon Marquez. I think mm. I don't know if it's see. He, to me, he was bigger than this dude. Let me see a full list real quick of Cubs pitchers. He shouldn't be this far. Enough. I like this commitment to the Cubs prospects. By you, I'm sorry. I mean, I watched him pitch. Like it's, but see, that's one thing about sports in general. You develop a fondness when you watch somebody first come up or whatever. So when I saw him, I was like, "Damn, that's a big in." And I, I, it may be Braylon Marcus because I believe I thought he was a lefty. I was going to say to you that he was a lefty. It may be Braylon. Six Marcus.
1: four, it's pretty big.
0: Yeah, maybe Braylon. Not, but to me, well, it's not a a muscular one eighty five, but 6'4". Yeah, but uh, yeah. So what you got next? My last
1: up for grabs. What caught your ear from Bears practice today?
0: Uh, by the time you hear this, we got another Under Center podcast out. So listen to this one, then go check that one out. Um, <laughs> um, all right, Assume some this one I, gets released first. Yes, it, it won't. It won't. Uh, <laughs> that won't be out in the wee hours of the morning. The morning cracks. I probably won't have this posted or we turn this on live till one p.m. I may have it earlier than that. But uh, anyway. But if you uh, haven't
1: listened get your ass back there and listen to
0: it. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Some of the things that stood out to me were one, David Montgomery talking about the fact that he has to step up and be a leader. And he felt like he didn't leave it all on the field. Um, I call BS and I call this in a positive sense, David Montgomery, you know, better than any of us, what you left on the field, but brother, how hard you play. We don't feel like that whatsoever. You you leave your body. Um, listen, I slightly worry about you, how hard you live, how much of your body you leave out on that field, how you refuse to go down. You, you son, come from the, the gene strands of Earl Campbell, uh, to say the least, all right? I just don't want your, your post-career to be like Earl Campbell's. Um, but that stood out to me. I said on under center, I called BS and uh, funny. Eric agreed with me uh, when Andy Dalton was talking about the Kumbaya stuff uh, about, you know, like I knew these guys were going to draft a quarterback. And it's just like, and it's the first time I thought about this. And I me and you didn't go into this. We talked about how we felt when the bears drafted Justin Fields, but we never said how Andy Dalton felt because well, clearly there's a
1: specific reason why.
0: But because clearly we can't
1: give a damn what
0: Andy Dalton thinks. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but usually we but see, I mean it as a joke. That's usually our little club, our, our little uh clubhouse, you know what I'm saying, where we would have thought about that and made jokes about man, Andy Dalton was probably kicking his dog, not saying you should kick your dog, uh, when that <laughs> took place or whatever, right? Uh so again, I like what Andy Dalton said, and I know he was being a company man, but there's nothing wrong to say. I'm going to do my job. I'm on a one-year contract. um, uh, But yeah, I, I didn't like it. Right. I'm not saying he should have said that. I, I meant to say, I did say that I'm going to say, there's nothing wrong with feeling that you don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a difference. If for instance, you're, you're a starter, even on a one-year deal, which he pointed out, meaning that you know, that's not long-term and they drafted a guy in the third round, you know, that one, this season, they're looking for you to be the starter. But even next year, they may be looking for right. you to be the starter or at least give you a prominent chance to start over a third rounder. When a team, and I know he said he, he knew the Bears may draft a quarterback in the third round, I mean, the first round, but when a team jumps up, because none of us thought the Bears was going to be able to pull that off, right? Especially for Justin Fields. We were like, man, we're going to have to get Mac Jones, right? For, right. for, for that, like, I just thought, like, I would have loved to be in Andy Dogs. I don't know if Andy Dog watched the draft or not, but I'm sure, listen, I'm sure at this point, he didn't know what the Bears was gonna do. So if he did watch the draft, just think about when you heard Ding, dun, dun. and the thing yeah. switched from the Giants to the Bears, oh, yeah. his heart must <laughs> have skipped the beat. Like, son of a <laughs> like his he I mean, probably was I, like, damn, can Jordan Love be in this draft? This
1: dude can't play for three years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
0: right? Oh, yeah, you, you definitely, definitely. Um, so that, that, that crossed my mind. I look, listen, I know Hub Arcus mentioned it, but prior to him mentioned it, I was like, damn, is it me? Or is Jermaine Fetty just felt as you know what? I was looking at this pictures on the Bears website. Um, it was, they had this thing called galvanize where it's this, this lady, this female reporter, a sideline reporter who grew up in the Northern suburbs of Chicago. And she talks about how, um, she, she, um, she loves the Bears. She feels like a kid when she's on the sideline. But she does this like boot camp with uh, a lot of ladies that want to get into the industry where they, uh, particular teams, they interview like the rookies and they did the Bears. And all of them said the Bears were like their favorite one. Um, and, and um, they have a picture for it. The picture of it was all the Bears rookies standing end-to-end, booked in by the tackles with Justin Fields in the center. So I was looking at the tackles oh, like, like I'm like, them two big dudes, right? Like, I'm like, you see, listen, you know how big Tevin Jenkins is? When you see Larry Borum, you're like, damn, he's bigger than him, right? So right. when I saw Jermaine and I was like, he don't look like them. He... I'm like, Shotty is really for real. When you talk about Juan Castillo talking about he has a chance to be a, a pro bowler, I'm not saying he's gonna be a pro bowler, but Jermaine Fetti is coming this year to play. That dude dropped some weight and talked about uh what he had to do uh as a as a veteran now and, and keeping his body together. And when he was a rookie in Seattle, how Vets told him that he was probably have to do that playing against guys that are 21 and five years uh, younger than him. Uh so that that definitely stood out. Um, Jermaine Fetti, Andy Dalton was cool Matt Nagy Matt Nagy was doing Matt Nagy speak you know what I'm saying it's- at least he put to bed that Nick Foles
1: is the third stringer I was worried he wasn't even going to give us that
0: yeah definitely I'm, I'm happy he did that and let us know that Justin Fields will be taking those second reps it makes me think will they do Nick Foles a solid um, on the show the guys was like the cap hit was too much um, but I wonder, are they going to look even more to trade him and maybe sweeten up the well, pot? From what day? I
1: heard, I don't know, I heard a report on sports radio with Nick Foles that they got close to trading back to Philadelphia, but he didn't want to. And maybe oh. that's because he can't, you know, that, that performance can't be beaten in Philadelphia. So that could definitely be part of it. But I think the speculation was, Maybe he's just ready to take his paycheck this year
0: and then ride off into the sunset. Maybe so. You know what I'm saying? But uh, hopefully, I don't want him to risk injury on anybody, but just just hopefully somebody would take his ass. This is how I feel. I mean, I I want it for him. But if he doesn't want it, I mean, one, shame on you, Nick Foles. But no, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) He's a vet. I remember somebody, I can't remember who said they was talking to Rex Grossman. Uh, Excuse me, as I take a sip real quick. Old sexy Rexy, huh? And this is when Rex was at Washington. And somebody was like, you don't want to be out there playing? And he was like, basically, like, at my age right now, please, I'm going to take this check, right? Like, I'm happy being a backup. So maybe Nick Foles is at that point where he's happy to be the backup. One thing, though, speaking of Matt Nagy, uh, preaching about the accuracy and that the ball the ball comes out when with Andy Dalton, his pre-snap game, and his his ability to predict a player being open so the ball is out of his hands before that player is being open. And that player is better basically have their heads on a swivel and be prepared. And if not, and if they keep failing, they're going to take him out. It definitely made me think of Anthony Miller, right? Like, Hey, shorty, that was a shot at and you. Bad news, Daz Newsome, collarbone injury, hoping to be ready yeah.
1: by training camp.
0: Yeah, that one, that one was a bad one, too. It was good to hear that Eddie Goldman looks good. I need to know what, look good, what looks good means when it comes to uh, in shape, though. You know right. what I'm saying? Want some would, actual put a- pads and hitting. But there's enough months for him to get, if he's not in football shape, in football shape. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm, I would hope he wouldn't just let, have let himself go, but who who necessarily knows?
1: Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, he turned the corner on his conditioning and never looks back.
0: Hopefully, hopefully. So those were, I think those were the majority of the thing. Oh, no, 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 there's one more. And we talked about this heavily on under center. Uh, Jermaine was talking about how important it was for people to be vaccinated, and then coming out and say, "But I'm not vaccinated right now, and I, <laughs> I have to get some more information." Not knocking them, not knocking them, but I mean, you asked me what stood out, so right. that that right. definitely stood out. You That's an saying? interesting one. Get, yeah, get vaccinated, a, but I gotta research it a little. I gotta find out this. They playing you? <laughs> yeah, y'all didn't do it, but yeah, I you- hold on. <laughs> Slow down. So that that one was, I think, is my. We last, all should be vaccinated.
1: Word. Jermaine or next? Well, hold on.
0: I'm not ready. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. So uh, yeah, maybe he's hoping for the herd immunity. Like, man, y'all y'all taking doing it. Enough. Maybe he's worried about his swole. If I take this vaccine, am I going to lose my swole and then not I mean, be the right tackle? To listen to play devil's advocate. He has been monitoring what's been going into his body. So perhaps he's like, hey, well, I'm doing all this monitoring. Right. I'm just not throwing any right. type of vaccine up in me or whatever. So perhaps that's what he, he's How, on, a, how do he, I know
1: I'm not going to lose my foot if I get this vaccine? Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he definitely looked like he was He he looked like he was in shape, particularly to be a right tackle. Um, hey, I mean, the competition
1: Fetty. level, I feel like on the Bears right now, is at a really good spot.
0: Is, is he trying to steal left tackle reps? I mean, the guy was, I don't know if you, I don't know if where you was at, if you could see him, if you got to see Jermaine uh, Fahey. I did not. Okay. Make sure you go go to the website or Facebook, the Bears uh, website, and check out his interview because the first thing you're going to say is, whoa, wait, <laughs> right? Like, okay. yeah. I like yeah. hearing that. It doesn't listen. It's it's noticeable. It's just not like and listen. I'm saying it's noticeable. Like I was really looking at him out of uniform last year when I wasn't. But still, when I when I looked at him, I was like, that doesn't look like a tackle, right? Like that. I mean, he's still big, but he man. So uh shout out to the, who he's working with. Also, last one, um, David Montgomery saying that he he's working with Chris was Chris Corpus on his speed and that he didn't really know how to run all, his entire life. Uh, thinking about how durable he is and uh, how hard he is to bring down. If he can improve his quickness, wow! Right. You know what like I'm saying? Like man, forte, a la man, forte. Yeah, oh. if he can, if he can improve his quickness, man. I mean, he's already. Uh, I think. Can he's we give be, him the
1: football? That's the only that's, question. That, that was a
0: question. So that's the question that we had. and Tony had brought it up. Um, I mean, when Matt Nagy meant dog, things go right. It feels like Matt Nagy's gonna go away from the run because it's in his blood. Uh, but I feel like this, and well, I didn't say this on the I didn't say this on the on the show. I think Ryan Pace is gonna come down and be like, slow down, Shreddy. We trying to keep these jobs if Matt <laughs> Nagy like <laughs> goes straight air Coriel on that ass. You right. know what I'm saying? I think he's black like, right. man, listen, listen, you lucky Virginia let us stay. run the rock right so that's that's that was that was my thought and that's my worry I should say that if the Bears offense is playing the way it is let's say Andy Dalton or Justin Fields but the the passing game I should say if they're getting what they want out of the passing game do they really use David Montgomery because David Montgomery they asked him and I don't believe him about the running back room and how, you know, me and you both said that we wanted more running backs in that room. Thought last year it was a shame that they went in there with just Tariq Cohen and Cardell Patterson with David Montgomery. Um, but with Tariq Cohen coming back, uh, with Damian Williams being there, um, with the rookie. And Khalil. Um, yeah, with Khalil Will Herbert. Khalil Herbert. Um, he's still got your Artavius Pierce and your Ryan Nall That's why i looking at P- uh, is Ryan Nall still here I thought Ryan All was gone I thought he was still here No you don't I'm have to look up Ryan up if we you don't need to look up Nall information <laughs> Um I still would hope that David Montgomery is at least getting and I'm I'm a lowball at 17 carries a game cuz he should get 20 But I'm a low baller because I I think you clearly we know he's a running back that needs to build up a lather. Um, Some guys can just and
1: especially he lays the wood that's going to pay off at the end of the game against the defenders
0: that he's going against. Yeah, so that that's my worry. If Matt Nagy can, if Bill Lazor can talk some sense into him, if they get off to a good start, we know if they're losing, they'll do whatever they they can to to stay in the game. If they're doing bad, but if they're playing well, that's when uh, Matt Nagy likes to become the uh, the crazy chemist. Uh, you know, right? And, and, Run plays. So, be you. Let me throw this away. I can't show my intelligence with run plays. I'm not Cal right. Shanahan. Um, so that that's my only concern, to say the least.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's OTAs. We can't go too crazy, but this is part of the deal. Like, first-round quarterback, quarterback competition, feels like make or break. Maybe it's not, but, like, big year for the Bears. <laughs> Every practice, every time we can hear any type of reportings, it's going to be like this, and it's only going to ratchet up when we get to training camp, especially that first preseason game.
0: One more OTAs, and then the first mandatory vet uh, practices will take place. So, yeah, like you said, we're looking forward to it. Um, definitely always appreciate everyone taking a little bit of time to uh, listen to Ryan and myself as we talk sports and joke around. Uh, definitely stay safe. Uh, Listen to Jermaine (laughs) or (laughs) Fetty and please don't do anything crazy before you hear from us again.